now. Now. It's time for your VO news served piping hot and fresh. Gather round. It's time for the voiceover cafe. Hey, fellow voiceovers, it's the Voiceover Cafe, March 2016 edition. I'm Sean Caldwell, and in the cafe today, we have Trish Pisani, also Matt Colrick, Peter Bishop, and Terry is missing today, so hopefully he's back soon and doing all right. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I think he said he's going to be down at uh, the WOVO conference in Vegas in April. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, nice I think him. he's speaking. Oh. Yeah, he's speaking at WovoCon. Oh. Yeah, he said he was only going to come if there was a black fins around the corner. But <laughs> <laughs> we made it. Yes, he's, he's going to be presenting there. Excellent. It well, should be fun. Yeah. Presenters always pay the tab, I think, so that's, that's good. I'll make sure I see Terry in that black fin. Well, that's Terry <laughs> and Matt, because Matt's presenting as well, I think. That oh, is cool. correct, although it is likely that I will uh, be remote. Ah, Because right. I'm Canada-bound at the moment. I'm... Much sorting snow. out immigration <laughs> and uh, there's a whole kicker where there's a, there's a status where you can't uh, leave the country. Otherwise, oh. it basically voids the, the application for, for work and permanent residency. So, oh. Anyway, we'll oh. see. Fingers yeah. crossed that I'm actually there, but uh, at this stage, I will not be there. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, you know, I'll uh, hope for a, for a miracle and, uh, you know, maybe I'll be there, but... Yeah, there's a couple of trips that I actually had to can because of this. Oh, can't, you, can't, you just, can't you just hop the border? I, mean, I know. I was there's really no, looking there's forward no to seeing everyone. Thing, Come know. on, hop the border before there's a wall. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Matt was telling me a little bit earlier about, uh, about where he's at in Canada. And, uh, man, I want to go visit. It sounds amazing. It's oh, a nice it? little slice of paradise, uh, you know, British Columbia style. And uh, we've had a pretty uh, rainy, stormy season, but uh, yeah, it's really, really nice up here. A great place to work too. Yeah. It's very uh, peaceful, quiet for recording. Nice. Yeah, I was impressed when you said five acres. And first thing I go to is, oh, you don't have problem with noisy neighbours then. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have a problem with civilization because there isn't any. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm out in Jersey and I can say the same thing. So, uh-huh. <laughs> Except we don't have grizzlies down here. We just have black bears. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were out in the hot tub the other night and there was a, a raccoon that was uh, just <laughs> starting to cause trouble. And uh, my only thought was, at least it's not a bear, because yeah. that is a that is a reality that I live with. Wow. Have you ever seen a grumpy raccoon? I, I get them here, and it's sometimes I'll, I'll go out on the deck at like one o'clock in the morning, and there's this thing looking at me, and he's like saying, "You stay where you are. You come any closer, I'm going for your ankles." <laughs> yeah, raccoons are so all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I wish they had Facebook accounts. They're like little humans, though. It's kind yeah. of crazy the way they're ha- they have the hands uh-huh. and like they're so de- like they have really good dexterity and like their hands and they pick stuff apart and especially garbage and garbage cans, which is a total nightmare. I just have like Chevy Chase Christmas Vacation in mind right now. Do you guys remember that that scene? <laughs> Do we actually not trust them because they go around wearing these little bandit masks? I know, right? <laughs> they're, they're going for anonymity. I don't trust you if you're not going to let me know who you are. You know. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I have around here are, are sharks, uh, if, if I'm in the Gulf of Mexico, or else, uh, I, I guess we have, let's see, what, what are those, I'm trying to we think. We have what, alligators. That's true, yes, I have seen an alligator nearby. You're right, you're right. But if, if you're, <laughs> I think I would freak out. I would definitely freak out seeing an alligator more than I do a bear. I mean, I've had bears in my backyard, and it's not a big deal, but yeah. I can't even, I would freak out if I saw an alligator, but I guess it's, I, I guess it just goes with where you're, whatever you're used mm-hmm. to, so... Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. just look at the alligator and think, you taste like chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and you make a lovely actually, purse. They don't. It's more like <laughs> veal. It's actually really good. I've had I've had alligator. It's it's tasty. Nice. Yeah, I went to Florida and they force fed me. You know, it's, a, you, it's like Canada with maple syrup. You can't go to Florida without eating alligator. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I prefer the seafood around, but I'm sure alligator's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, was the was the winter okay for you guys up in uh, up in the northeast, Trish? Yeah, it was so so super mild, super 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 mild, and we're very happy about that. And I know the whole global warming issue, whatever. Right. We have warm weather. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but I we just had don't. a. I'm I'm just over in the civilized part of the northeast in New York, and we had some a couple of spates. Overall mild, but a couple of hits of some really bad snow. And it's a case of, I'll open the front door and think, I can't get out my front door. That's good, I don't have to shovel. And my little uh, snowblower has got an eight-inch bite. It just looked at me and said, you're joking. (laughs) (laughs) I live in the part of Canada where it didn't actually snow all winter. Wow. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We, we really didn't have much. I mean, you know, we ha- it was 65 degrees here on Christmas. Wow. And, yeah, I mean, in New Jersey, and, and we only had the one big dumping of snow for, it was like three feet. And it was really, it was gone like five days later because it was like super warm. And um, it's really, we, we've gotten like little sprinklings here and there. But honestly, it's been probably the, the mildest winter that I can ever remember um and so i mean it's it's basically already spring i don't know if we still have a chance of snow but we still have a couple weeks of possibility of it but yeah i'm i i really am not complaining about it (laughs) well as we as we get into spring there's a topic that's on everybody's mind at least in the united states i don't know what your timetable is like up that way matt but um it's it's tax time is coming around that's you know there's always lots of people with questions uh, in terms of how do they do this can you write off this and how does this work so we were kind of wondering, you guys have any hot bookkeeping or financial tips that you picked up or learned in 2015 that people oh, could try to hey, apply this year? Let's, let's talk taxes and turn everybody on. <laughs> I did say hot. <laughs> Just tell your tax tips with a sultry voice. Yes. Oh, yeah. We'll make it exciting. Oh, Blockbuster. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, you can take this off, and then you can take this off. <laughs> and then we'll do debits and credits. Okay, I'll stop. Oh, yummy. Yikes. <laughs> I think I think the biggest problem is is actually making sure all your clients because some of them are a bit flaky. Yeah. And you need a nice stack of W2s and 1099s and you go through them and there's somebody missing and there mm. must be a you send that polite but firm message like that says, "Oi, give me my paperwork." Yeah. Are you sending How do you know that they're missing? I don't really I just take whatever ones come in. <laughs> No, because with my with my daily accounting on on the spreadsheet, I, I can. I mean, basically, you have a client that pays you over what is it, six hundred bucks? Yeah. They've got to issue a ten ninety nine, and if I see a client that's uh. paid me more than six hundred bucks and they don't have a ten ninety nine, it's a case of there's no percentage to ignoring it because the, the tax man catches up with you eventually mm. if they file late and you haven't yeah. de- whatever you know. So, oh, it, so it's a. It must be different here in New Jersey. I don't know because I don't know if we have a. Maybe we have a four hundred dollar minimum. I think it's a federal, but, yeah. but whatever. It, it's okay. still a, there's still a threshold. Um, okay. So yeah, it's just tra- tracking down the paperwork from these uh, smaller clients who 
are running around saying, oh, I've got to go to the post office and get 1099 forms and I've got to issue mm. them. And then it's, yep. it's more onerous for the issuers of the 1099s than it is for the receivers, I think. Oh, it is. I mean, I, I've I've had to issue some 1099s over the years to different contract employees or different people that have done stuff. It's a it's a pain because mm-hmm. you, you you can't just well crazy. maybe there's a way to do it, but you can't just print it out. You have to use the red form that the IRS sends out, and it's like uh, it's there's a whole racket around it. Like you got to buy the software to do it, you got to do it this way, and you have to. It's a pain. Was well, it? You can only buy them in a pack of fifty or something. Something well. like that. Yeah, I had to send <laughs> I had to send like two out last year. I had to buy the stupid fifty pack. Oh, That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I, the one thing I guess uh, maybe some people are considering is, is it a time to incorporate it or not? And I don't know if you guys have, have gone down that road or thought about that process, but I've always thought kind of rule of thumb, as you start to get into six figures in VO, it probably makes sense to incorporate for the tax benefits of it. And maybe maybe people understand those tax benefits or not. I think this is where there are differences between the states. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, certainly in New York, to incorporate, hey, you're talking about three, four hundred bucks. But to go LLC, there's a, a news paper publishing thing you have to advertise the fact you're doing it and it's it's a lock-in with certain newspaper publishers you know print media Mm -hmm. that still exists and it can add about fifteen hundred dollars to the fees so in new york state it's far cheaper to do incorporated as an s-core or whatever than an llc now i understand in new jersey it's like whichever you want it's going to cost roughly the same Mm mm-hmm I think it's like 400 or $450 for an LLC just to file extra right. mm-hmm. as one. But I don't understand. I mean, the LLC, I, I guess, I don't know. I My CPA told me it wasn't, don't bother with the LLC because um, we can't really be sued for anything. Like, it's not, the idea yeah. is, is to protect yourself, but there's really, I've never heard of a VO being sued over something. So it's like, it's almost, you know, I, I, my CPA has always kind of advised me, advise against it. And I've just gone with a sole prop and he, he tells me that I, you know, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing okay, but I'm not making a quarter of a million a year. Mm-hmm. And that is the number that he told me that I would have to to get to in order for it to be worth it mm-hmm. to go incorporate it. Yeah. So, but to b- not bother with the LLC. So I, it's, yeah. I mean, I guess every CPA is different mm-hmm. and every state's different, but yep. um, I found it works for me. So Good. And another thing to consider um, on the whole notion of an individual basis is that you also have to look at what your living expenses are. Like if you were to say, um, my business, even my sole proprietorship is a is a company. How much money do I actually have to draw out of that company as a salary or a wage or as dividends to uh, keep up with my standard of living? And that's where a corporation can become particularly useful. Like say, you, you know, you were making $200,000 a year, but your standard of living was only like 50 grand a year. Like that was all you needed for your personal expenses. It would make sense to, if you had a good purpose for that money, holding it within the company, Yeah, uh, it would be useful to be taxed at the lower rate. At least this is how it works in in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, there are probably some, some differences between the two systems, but uh, yeah, that's just something to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how much money do you have to take out of the company? Because if you are taking that $200,000 out to go towards personal expenses, then incorporating might not necessarily be useful. 
Right. That, that, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's really the savings here is that you can you can set yourself a salary and you can adjust it all along. But let's say you're doing great in VO and you are making that two hundred and fifty thousand that Trish just mentioned. You can say, well, my standard of living is set, you know, kind of at forty to fifty thousand dollars a year. That's a reasonable salary for a VO. So you pay yourself a salary, and then at the end of the year or periodically throughout the year, you give yourself a, a dividend, and you save on that portion because that's not subject to the, I don't know if it's FICA or which one it is, but it's about a 7.5% savings on that money. So if you paid yourself the forty right. grand in salary and you had you know, a $100,000, $150,000 dividend, you're going to save 7% or 7.5% on that portion. And then I, I don't know if being incorporated also opens you up to any other uh, retirement savings or not. I, I know I do a, a Roth IRA and a SEP, and so for people that are, that are working for themselves and don't have any sort of an IRA set up, please, man, just do that. Do it, do it as mm-hmm. early as you possibly can and, and put as much in it as you can, because later when you're 50 and 60, you'll be super happy. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was 50 and 60. <laughs> uh, another small point um, that can be to your advantage to incorporate is dealing with some corporate identities. The It's the path of least resistance yes. because they do not like dealing with single vendors, individuals, that sort of thing. Their whole system is set up business to business and those other businesses have to be incorporated as well. So I've never found a situation where I couldn't get paid, um, but it was a case of, oh, you're not incorporated. Okay. And they have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. So that's just a, a small thing. It's it's never completely stumped me yet, but it can be an advantage. Yeah, that's that's true. I bumped into that once where they said, we can only hire you if you're incorporated. And I said, ding, I am. So <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, to, to kind of like look on all of that and to go back to something that Trish was talking about and working with an accountant, that's one of the big things that I've picked up this year just in various experiences with you know managing income and and uh, various tax situations with the Canadian um, Canada Revenue Agency is just to have a great accountant and uh, yeah nothing has resonated with that more than than this year just with some GST um, I don't know if you guys do a general services tax in, nope. in the US but yeah that's something that we deal with as as both sole proprietorships and uh, incorporated companies and uh, man my, I love my accountant took him out to lunch the other day and then he actually paid for me which was <laughs> which only demonstrates how much you're paying for him <laughs> no just a, a good good guy great accountant but um, yeah I'd, I'd say the, the big thing is to just if you can find someone who is going to go out to bat for you in that area of your business which yeah. is so integral um, lock them in well that was all very dry but I'm going to ask the question everyone asks about tax and it's the one on everyone's mind we know we can deduct hardware equipment conference fees that sort of thing but the question is can I deduct my bar bill <laughs> yes well you, you if can if you pay for my drink <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course I mean it's 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 all kind of meals um, and entertainment yeah exactly especially if you're if you're traveling Every single expense when you, because I know this also because I worked in corporate accounting uh, for 10 years before I became a VO, and I used to do those accounts. I did all the expense accounts for all the the top-level executives of a couple of companies. So while the, the moment you step on a plane or that you take your car somewhere else and you stay at a hotel or elsewhere besides that you're going to be away for days... You write off every single thing, even even not something that you would normally write off at home, like food. 
you know, like that you would eat at home. The second you step out and you actually start traveling and it's officially a business trip or you can write everything, every single thing gets written off Mm -hmm. because you have to, you have to buy certain things when you're away. So, um, yeah. In all all cases, put put the disclaimer in here, you know, consult your tax accountant. That's right. Exactly. Well, the other topic that I wanted to dig into is there have been a fair amount of conventions that have been happening over the last couple months, and I know you guys have attended some of them, and some are coming up. And uh, who who went to VO Atlanta? I did. Well, tell us about um, it. Well, first of all, I should state that uh, World Voices, um, as you know I'm involved with heavily, um, were sponsors. And we went along primarily, myself and Dave Couvazier, to... Um, drum up support for World Voices and present to people what we were doing. Um, But this is the first real conference that I've been to that wasn't what I would consider a a peer-to-peer, like a FAFCON or a Webocon or or something like that. This was definitely... um, But there was such a a broad spectrum of people there. Most of the um, presentations were panel-driven, and there were some very, very good discussions, which I'm sure we'll get on to. Um, I must admit, I was fairly impressed. Um, cool. It seemed... Because I, I never went to a voice out in L.A., because I, I, I just never got around to it. But um, Gerald seems to have built something on that model and done very well with it. It was his third year, and people were extremely enthusiastic, and there were lots of... Uh, notable, shall we say, A-list players there giving presentations. So I I think for anyone that's just starting out in the business, they got a lot of information. For those that have been in uh, in the business for a while, it was a good place to see people, catch a couple of the the presentations. Um, I I was actually on a panel, um, so... It was it was it was worthwhile. I, I enjoyed being there. That's fantastic. Oh. Good. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I just I didn't go this year, but last year there started to be a little more of a buzz about it than the first year that they did it. Right. And then a, a few more, a lot more pros seemed to kind of pay attention after last year, and that's why a lot of them did did go this year. And oh, you know, like half of the the pat- the reason I decided not to go in the end was because most of my friends were presenting, and I've seen all of their presentations. So it was like, do I want to go on a social level? Yeah, I guess so. But I I'm kind of I don't know. I I think I'm still burnt out from all the the conferencing that we've done the that I've done the last couple of years and I just I think I'm taking a break for a while mm-hmm. yeah it's conference fatigue but there were some interesting panels from uh, agents as well about how to get cast um, and there were some individual people could sign up to be um, basically interviewed by an agent and I know a number of people got put on some rosters so that's very appealing for someone that is seeking representation Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some interesting information from the agent panel, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. We we know a lot of it because we've been through the mill. But this was all um, good information for people that were new to the business, I think. Mm-hmm. They're getting, getting it straight from the horse's mouth about what their expectations are and the essence of uh, partnership between an agent and a VO rather than that 
um, if you're new to the business, you look at agents as something, I don't know, superhuman and absolutely mm-hmm. necessary. When they're just people, you know, they've mm-hmm. got a job to do. Mm-hmm. And you speak to the actual agents, they're looking for partnerships. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that was good to see. So, yeah, and of course the big P2P question came up there, which was... Uh, the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and there were present. There was a panel which consisted of um, real-time casting, Bodalgo, Voice One Two Three, and Voices. All and, representatives from each, and representatives from each um, on stage. Uh, it was uh, moderated by J. Michael Collins, who did an excellent job of uh, moderating these uh, panels. And issues were addressed, questions were raised, and then I was on the panel from for like the uh, VO response to the pay-to-play positions. Nice. So that was very interesting. Yeah. What do you think the audience got out of that that panel, Bish? Like from, what, what was the big thing they could have taken away from? Do you mean from the pay-to-play from the, people or the response? The, the, from the different. pay-to-play panel and then maybe the response as well. Um. Armin from Bildalgo is a rock star. <laughs> no question about it. He presented extremely well. Um, uh, voice one, two, three were very much, hey, we're just a matchmaker. Um, mm-hmm. Real-time casting is more of a, a niche because they'll deal with uh, more union stuff. Um, but the biggest takeaway was voices actually being on the platform and addressing a lot of the issues that have been rattling around social media for a long time. The biggest one being about the uh, managed jobs, which is, I mean, n- no one is not talking about this, and it's the whole transparency thing. Um, basically, to cut through all the, the rhetoric, they said that if their clients ask for a breakdown, um, they will get it. And they are actually stating to clients that professional services carries a fee. Uh, and if they want a breakdown of how their money was distributed, they can get it. When asked if the talent would get that breakdown, they gave an unequivocal no. Uh So to me, this is a small step with voices addressing the fact that their managed jobs are coming under a lot of scrutiny. Is it a big step? Absolutely not. It's a tiny step, but at least it's a step. Yeah. Um, So hopefully we can move on from there. If they entrench, then the discussion will continue. Good. Yeah, I was glad to to hear that Badalgo was there because I I've really liked that site for a while now and and I thought it was very well done and it's well run and um, I've never met Armin but you know it's I'm glad to see that he's kind of wanting to to take part in the actual community physically being here I don't think I I don't think I've ever seen him uh, a presence for the for his website on you know at at anything that I've ever been to. So it's mm. it's kind of cool he's getting involved. Yeah. But he demonstrated one one thing. We've all heard from some of the bigger P2Ps when the community has asked for things to be added, even like checkboxes on job categories and just changes to the platform. And they've all said, oh, that's too big, that's too big. Um, Armin just said, yeah, I can get that done. That's easy. I can put that in. And the day after the conference when he was back in Germany, he it's done. He's, mm-hmm. he's sitting there going, That's it nice. takes two minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so uh, he's, provo- he's proved to be very responsive to... Now, bear in mind, he's not that big. It's a one-man outfit. 
And oh, interestingly really? enough, Armin, it's one man. Voice one, two, three, it's eight people. Voices.com, it's a hundred plus. Oh my God, really? Is it th- I didn't realize there was that much of a difference. Wow. Yeah, from what I understand, a lot of them are out there uh, cold calling, business calls, trying to get clients on board. So if you create a monster, you've got to feed, feed the it monster. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but without laboring the point, that was the that was the takeaway from the um, the pay to play owners and from the the user's point of view. Um, it was it was responding to what they had said. As I say, all the panels were very well moderated. Um, difficult questions were asked, and they're all very well done. I thought that's good. Good. So the uh, the next one, if people are listening to it close to uh, when the show was recorded, then they may have a week or so to sign up for Wovocon in uh, Las Vegas. And if people have never been to uh, any sort of a conference, uh, what do you think, Peter? Would would Wovocon be a good step for a first conference? Well, let's let's make it clear. Wovocon is. Uh, for Wovo members only, of course, yep. you can join Wovo and come along. Yep. Uh, there is a large element of it which is getting feedback from the Wovo board about the direction we have our. An- it's an annual general meeting as well as a conference. We have speakers, we have classes, um, we have present presentations. But an element of it is okay, guys. This is the annual general meeting. What do you want from us? We'll we'll answer questions um, and plot our direction and listen to what our members have to say so there is that element of it as well so it, it's not start to finish session 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 although there are a lot of sessions uh-huh. and you don't have to go to the the agm you can do other stuff uh-huh. but i feel that it's far more of a a peer-to-peer um everyone is getting together and working together we have some um name speakers but it's a it's a good mix and from what i can well from my own experience and what's planned for this year uh, as long as people can can forget we're actually on the strip and stay away from the gambling uh (laughs) it should be a full immersion this was the costliest conference i ever went to cost me six grand (laughs) (laughs) yeah but can you write off the hookers and blow (gasps) (gasps) sorry Creative accounting. <laughs> yes. Speak to your accountant. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm saddened, not saddened, but I, I'm, I'm anticipating hearing an announcement sometime in the next few months about in the fall where FAFCON will be. Um, you know, I, I trust that you guys are still uh, interested. In fact, you know, well, Peter, you're, you're also part of the inner workings of FAFCON or no? Well, I wouldn't say inner workings, right. no. I, I am just a, a, a regular and I sponsor. Yeah. Um, we, we held a couple... Uh, uh, what, t- at VO Atlanta, um, it's like, oh, look, there's Peter O'Connell. He usually knows what's going on. <laughs> so we pinned him down. Three yeah. of us got hold of his arms and held his feet to the fire. But he's like, I know nothing. I know nothing. Yeah. Well, hope, hopefully we hear uh, from Amy at some point soon, and there's great news. Uh, somebody had wrote in and asked a question uh, to the cafe about using corporate logos on their sites. And uh, have, you guys, have you guys thought through that? Have you ever bumped into that and it became an issue or uh, any experience with that, Matt? I haven't seen it become an issue yet, but uh, I am sort of throwing that idea around in my head at the moment as I'm getting two new sites made. And uh, yeah, I'm, I've, well, the, the designer is working on a, a logos page and it's all sort of there ready to go. And admittedly, my plan at this stage is to use them uh, as many other people do. And I, I don't 
I've never had anything that I feel has been tangibly uh, brought in because of logos on the website. But then, of course, I've never heard uh, anything negative about them either. It's one of those intangibles, and it's probably one of those things where we feel a little more confident having them on our page. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I can only speak for myself. Like, it's it's a nice thing to have when you can slap up your your uh, hot hot client logos on there. But uh, yeah, I, I know nothing about the legalities, and and I feel like there's this uh, there's a disparity between uh, you must seek absolute. Uh, permission, and uh, then some people say, "Well, you know, if you disclose that the logos aren't yours, who knows?" Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys think, Trish? What do you think? Well, a couple of years ago, I did get a cease and desist letter from State Farm because I had their logo on my website, and um, I actually got—did I get a phone call from them? No, I got an email. Uh, this is several years ago, but that's the only kind of, ne- I mean, and then I just took it off. Like, they, you know, as long as you take it off, like they're le- I got an email from their legal department uh, saying that, you know, they wanted it off. So I took it off. I didn't ask them for permission. Obviously it's, I found that with things like that, it's kind of the, the whole mm-hmm. idea of better, better to ask forgiveness than, you know, cause sure. that's what they'll do. They'll just ask you to take it down. So as long as if they don't know, then you know, if they don't, pay attention then it's you know you but i i agree with matt in that it's you know i I think it's better to put logos rather than just text of the the name you know i mean it's just prettier to look at Mm -hmm. um people are are drawn to logos because it's more familiar than just you know if you were to just type the word verizon Uh or if you were to have the verizon logo or whatever you know whatever logo it is it's still nicer to look at with the colors and it's what it's familiarity to people so yeah and this is the world we live in like a very Mm -hmm. visual Mm -hmm. focused internet and you know look around at all the websites that are out there how many people do you think go and ask for permission from their clients like we see logos plastered left right and center so i Mm -hmm. i think you know it's it's never a great justification to say well everyone else is doing it but everyone else is doing it yeah Yeah. one one thing that's been nice over the last few years is that many of the uh, the public facing work that we'll all work on um ends up on YouTube. And so it's become a whole lot easier for us to just say link to some of that or do an embedding instead of, you know, I mean, I remember 10 years ago, hey, you know, could I please get a copy of that video and could I please use it on the website and blah, blah, blah. And now mm-hmm. if, if, they, if it's public facing and they put it on YouTube, you can just embed it and boom, it's on your website and it's a you know nice impressive demo that you didn't have to ask, you just got to embed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, on the note of uh, visual stuff, uh, what I've noticed more and more uh, which I, I'm actually using is the um, animated GIF ah, uh, of of the logos, and it just because it's eye catching. It's uh-huh. not just mm-hmm. a, a block or a separate page. It's there, and you occasionally look down. Oh, them as well, huh? You know, it's. Nice. it's um, I actually did some research on this, uh, and there was a court case some time ago where a car repair facility had the VW logo on the outside of their building. Or on, I forget, or either that or their website. And it was deemed that as they did repairs on Volkswagens, and they weren't actually saying approved by Volkswagen. Volkswagen. That's my kryptonite today. Volkswagen. Um, that it was okay. It, it, the use of the logo did not imply um, support from the logo owner. It was simply, as long as it was an honest representation that you work on VWs and 
so it fell under fair use. Ah, but there are very different opinions about this. Also about the cease and desist. I'm certainly in that position where I'll keep the logos there until I get a cease and desist. But there has been a legal opinion given that they can still go after you, even if you take it down for past use. So again, take legal advice, and we, we're just throwing this around. And I think it's clear that it isn't clear. So, right. um, at your own risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it seems like the risk is small. I mean, I haven't heard of any VO being sued by you know pick your pick your great corporate giant that does definitely protect their copyright. You know, Disney, Mercedes Benz, whoever. Um, you know, I think it's just Trish's experience. Hey, could you please take that off? And you take it off, and all is good. And if you don't, then I'm sure it would lead to some more serious repercussions. Mm-hmm. Right. Just don't ever use any company with the name Monster. Right. Because they are so litigious. Ah. Well. Dr- drink yeah. or cable or which one? No, it, it's the cable the people. Job site? Oh. They will sue anyone that uses the name or oh, representation okay. of monster at all. Well, they, so, they have a lot of money. Because, mon- yeah, those cables are like $85. It's equivalent to a $4 cable, right? But they've had so many cases thrown out where the guy says, but monster food mart. Right. It's nothing to do with cables. Right. But they go to litigation. Uh, people try to intimidate with lawyers. That's yeah. the problem. That's true. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a, a button today or a sticker today. I want to take a guess what it says? I gave blood. No. I voted. Yes. <laughs> political season is upon us. Anybody been doing some political uh, VOs lately? Nope. No one. <laughs> Not a lot of goal <laughs> for uh, Australian voiceover artists. Or Brits. That's true. Yeah, I just, well, yeah, I haven't, just to answer Sean's question, I I, I just don't do politicals. I just, it's not so so much that I, I mean, I have literally done, I think, maybe a handful in my whole career. I just don't think my voice really fits what they're looking for, and I don't have a political demo. It's just never been a niche that I've ever gone after, so Uh, I just don't. I I think your voice could work for it. Trish, I'm going to feed you a line or two, you read it back, right? (laughs) If you vote for this person, your children could die. Say it. (laughs) <laughs> if you vote for this person, your children could die. <laughs> All the animals will disappear from the earth. All the animals will disappear from the earth. And your friends will hate you. And your friends will hate you. And a box of dysentery will show up in your mailbox. And a box of dysentery will show up in your mailbox. See, you could do it. You could totally do it. <laughs> N- now tell us they are actually spots you've done. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to, to keep it away from the the politics, left, right, center, whatever, because my point is, do you think people who are overtly political, let's say on Facebook, do you think that damages their business? Yeah, I just, I choose to not even mention politics at all on my website. I don't bring up anything political um, and I, I never give hints as to which side I'm on or anything like that. And I'm surprised how many people don't don't go by that with, that are in our business. But, you know, it's, if they're not friends, if, if they're cl- if not friends on Facebook with their clients, I, I am. And I don't, you know, that which is a, a big reason why I don't. Um, but, 
if they don't have clients on their Facebook page, then I guess they can say whatever they want, you know. But mm-hmm. it's just a personal choice that uh, I just I don't understand. I don't understand the point of posting politics on Facebook to begin with, because all it does is cause arguments. Right. Um, unless unless you're literally only friends with people that think exactly the way you do, it's just to me it's completely asinine to to put stuff on Facebook that is overtly politically, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, whichever side you're on is just you know it's it's just 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 the anger on both sides is just so disheartening. It and is. I just don't like reading it. It's it's like I don't care. I believe I have my beliefs, and I'm not trying to get you to believe what I believe. Don't try to turn. You know, don't try to change my mind. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right, and that's why I'm. Um, if anyone looks at my stuff, they 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 won't know what my politics are. Um, and because there's all this talk about if, if any, the first thing people do when they're employing someone, or let's say you're up for a big gig with someone, they do their, they've got someone, an Mm -hmm. intern that will do the social media research. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think whether you have uh, a business Facebook page or just a personal one, I, I think it could expose you. Um, unless you're of a mind where you only want to work with people of right. the same political persuasion yeah. right. as yourself. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Am I remembering correctly that there was a guy that did, I, I guess I don't even want to really mention the name of it, but it was a car insurance company, and didn't he, didn't he get tanked because of something yes. he had mentioned political? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there we go. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, well into a six-figure, maybe a seven-figure gig went away because of something that he wanted to share with the world. Right. Now wise. And yeah, everybody calm down. Stop being so mean. I just, yeah, but it's not going to, I I wish it was that easy to just tell people to stop, but people just keep doing it. And I don't, I don't understand it. Just, it's so divisive. Yeah. So I know that uh, everyone is using different technologies these days to do sessions with clients or just deliver audio to clients. We've got uh, MP3s and and waves just via um, email or, or FTP services. And there's ISDN, and then the the new VoIP ones, Source Connect, Source Connect Now, IPDTL. Uh, are you guys finding that you're using anything in particular more than others? Is there a split? Is it exclusive? Most most of my work is um, is just sending files off undirected for promo work. That happens a lot. Uh, I send waves all day. Uh, you know, it's nice. I have fiber internet service that goes pretty quick, but I, I send out huge waves, and then kind of at the end of the month, I'll sometimes archive them to high bitrate MP3s just so they're not taking up tons of storage space. But um, yeah, doing that, and when I when I do do sessions, it's either ISDN or uh, I've done a fair amount of Source Connect. Not as much Source Connect now. There's a few clients that I select Source Connect now just because it's so easy, and they kind of use it as a phone patch more or less. I still record the audio locally, send it over locally as a wave file. By the way, I'm surprised you didn't say WAV. Don't they say WAV in Australia? I don't know. All right, I'm, I'm all over the place. <laughs> um, IPDTL have not uh, have not had a, a need to use it say in the last number of months, and I, I don't think I've ever maybe I've done one or two maybe five years ago a Skype session that was that was recorded on their end, but uh, I'm sure. It works mm-hmm. fine as a phone patch, and, and the sound quality over Skype is usually pretty good. Um, what about you, Bish? Um, most is a record locally and, and forward, uh, which I, I generally use. Um, if it's too big for email, I use WeTransfer. Um, Source Connect now, IPDTL, and Skype I've used for directed sessions with a record locally. Um, mm-hmm. But most of my um, remote sessions are... In, in that thing that says every, everyone says he's dead, ISDN. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it lives daily at my place. <laughs> I 
honestly, yeah, it's it's all waves for me, waves and, and MP3s. Um, occasionally, I'll use something called Session Link Pro with a company mm. that I work with in Germany mm. that yeah. is very similar to Source Connect Now or um, Ipdiddle. And uh, so, you know, uh, there's, you know, a couple of us on the line. It's all through a browser. It works really well, but they have the the host they're hosting the server or whatever and and uh, i just click on a link and we're connected nice but so i don't really need to own anything but uh ipdiddle and uh, ipdiddle seemed to be kind of like a passing fancy thing i don't know i had like a bunch of requests for it like a year or so ago Mm -hmm. and then i haven't gotten any requests for it recently so it's just Mm. people have just you know, with Dropbox and uh, things are just so easy to send back and forth now that I, I just yeah, I haven't really had too much experience with with anything else. I haven't gotten requests for it. I think that IPDTL may be under criticism for its cost because it's basically built on the Chrome uh, engine. Yep. Um, another shout out for Armin here. He's implementing implementing or implemented. I forget whether it's released yet. Uh, a connection. Um, on via his site so you can actually establish a session with a client via his site without signing up for any other service or, or that sort of thing so he's got this built in to Bodalgo. oh neat. so that's cool um but i think europe has a number of different we all know about source connect now and IPDTL here in the states but i think in europe they have their own as well and he's just um entered into an agreement with one of these people or built it himself, I, I don't know how difficult it is, where you've got this like direct connection through the Bodalgo site. Um, so you don't have to subscribe to anything. He's doing it as a client talent service, and I think, I think that's interesting. I think that may be the way it's going, because if I don't do much more IPDTL over this year, I, I, I'm not re-upping, because it's, mm. it's an appreciable cost. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about IPDTL for those of us who who don't have the ability to get ISDN, or maybe are just doing you know so few ISDN sessions, like it's you know completely ad hoc that it's not worthwhile getting a codec and paying monthly line costs. Uh, the IPDTL option is like it's it's becoming viable, um, and I have to say that um, despite a couple of like one one glitchy thing at the start, which was to do with actual physical hardware at their US server location. Well, it was their US um, ISDN boxes. I've I've had enormous success with that IPDTL ISDN dial out and and the dial in. Oh, nice! I did a a three hour commercial session um, on an ISDN like the ISDN feature for IPDTL, and it was it was flawless. And I've, I've used that multiple times. I'd say, like, now I'm using it a, a couple of times a month for the ISDN. And then I also use IPDTL because I have a couple of clients that prefer that one. Uh, still, Source Connect is, is the main dog for me. But um, that I, ISDN function on IPDTL is, is pretty good. And I would say that is one thing that um, the guys over there at, at that company are doing pretty well. They're, they're doing some, some solid innovation to try and bridge that gap. Um, between ISDN, yeah. So, do, do you think IPDTL bridging will kill Source Connect bridging? Because, of course, Source Connect, not now, the Source Connect proper is not cheap for bridging. Yeah, for bridging. Uh, 
it's hard to say. Like one of the difficult things about these, like those two particular ones, I'm going to leave out Session Link Pro, even though I think that one's great. Um, the those two, they don't obviously interoperate. Like there's no speaking between them, and I think that's going to be the problem that we have going forward that there are some studios that are heavily entrenched in Source Connect. They have the subscription like I do. And I think that there are some that prefer that standalone app, mm. not having to use the Chrome browser. Mm. Um, it does seem to have better error correction if you, if you do have a little bit of either latency coming in or something like that. I've done a few tests with people where I'd have Source Connect now going on. Uh, and just had some connection issues, you know, somewhere, someplace, packets were arriving out of, out of turn or what have you. And it seemed as if the, 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 the Source Connect app, the program that runs on Windows or Mac with the dongle, the iLock thing that I think is a big pain in the butt, um, <laughs> that seemed to have a, it would be a little bit more robust in terms of uh, correcting those errors. There's more latency, the, the bit rate is not as high, but it does seem as if studios will favor that over some of the strictly browser-based ones. Okay, that makes sense. They want to keep a, a, a what is it, an air firewall between the internet and mm. their production systems. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's a mixed bag. Like there are some of the studios, some of the studios that I would expect to totally not open themselves up to Source Connect or any of that technology, and they're like, oh yeah, we've got Source Connect. We use it every now and then. Thanks. But you know, and it's and it's solid. It was a solid connection and. And I would have been like, wow, of all the studios, I would have expected them to totally shun that. Mm -hmm. Well, gang, I know some of us are off to some sessions and doing some other stuff. think it's time to wrap up. Any uh, any closing thoughts or anything coming up for you guys this week? No, for me, it's I've got some e-learning and some sessions booked for the rest of the week. Um, nothing too much, but keeping busy. Mm -hmm. Matt, how about you? Just going to sit around and eat grapes. <laughs> That's that's healthy. That sounds good. Are you going to have somebody feed them to you? Peel them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll get, I'll get someone in to peel them. Um, no, yeah, there's there's a bunch of sessions happening later this week, and I've got some self-tapes that I'm doing, uh, going back to what we were talking about, just the, the mix, and then I'm doing uh, actually post-incorporation stuff this week, uh, tying all that up with the lawyers and accountants and yeah, all those, all those good times. How about you, Trish? Uh, I did get a new commercial demo, finally. I produced uh, a new commercial demo, so I will be releasing that to the public for whoever cares. Very <laughs> soon. nice. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. So I had some help with Sean. Sean helped me and a little feedback on things, but I produced it myself uh, just from, from real work that I've gotten and uh, kind of pieced it together and did a little fade in, fade out here and there and... Yeah, I'm excited about that. So yeah. now for the rest of them, my narration demo, my IVR demo, they're all kind of in the in the queue, you know, yeah. in line to 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 get done next. But um, yeah, so it's tough sometimes you, when you have lots of work. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Can I throw a quick comment in here? Yeah. Um, for those that are seeking European work, it's far more normal over there to uh, have demos made from real work i i far prefer demos from real work uh, a lot of european production houses don't like uh, studio produced demos because it's not what you've done it's not a true representation yeah uh, that's the attitude anyway whether it is or isn't is is debatable of course but i i'm greatly in favor of demos made from real work so well done trish yeah absolutely Thanks. i've actually got some really good success using peter bishop's demos with european companies um. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I get to Wait drive for the cease and desist yeah <laughs> 
I get to drive. As over. long as you send me the checks, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sean? What, what's happening with you? Uh, well, today immediately, I'm, I'm in about an hour, getting ready to drive over to Orlando to meet with a client that's down visiting uh, with his wife. They're down in Orlando and going to head over there. He's from, he's from Canada, from uh, Winnipeg, and great, great, super creative guy. I do a lot of work with him uh, really every month. So I've, I've seen him every year that he's been down, and it's just great to visit with him. And you know, I think see people face to face is great. Uh, and then the other thing that's on my plate over the next number of weeks is I'll be moving soon. So I'm kind of packing up the studio, and I'm starting to kind of investigate in the, in the new studio that I build, wherever that may be. Um, I'd like to be out of the booth. I've had a great experience in the booth. I've had a booth for about 20 years, uh, and there are times that I'd like to be out of the booth in a fully treated room. That's kind of how I started the beginning part of my career, just a, a nice treated room, and I felt open and free. And uh, if it can work out, I'm going to give it a shot and I guess have my booth ready to, to, uh, to take apart and put back together if it's not working too well. Cool. Are you moving far from where you are? No, I, I think it'll be probably uh, within you know ten, fifteen miles. So I'll still be in the in the Tampa, okay. Tampa Bay area. Okay, cool. No, I'm I'm a room person as well. I have a treated room, and I much prefer it. Okay. All right, good. And I love my booth. <laughs> yes, Trish has an awesome booth. It has like cool colors and stuff in it. Like you mean cool colors like purple? Yeah. Yes, that's pretty. I wouldn't even use the the word colors. It's just one singular. <laughs> it's black and purple. To me, there's only one color. Well, the, the, to me, one of the neatest things about her booth, and it's been so problematic for mine and many other people, is uh, her booth is not square. Uh, it has what five sides? Is that right? Five? Yeah, it's like a diamond shape. It fits into a corner. Mm. Yeah, uh, and and what's mm-hmm. so neat is you you know yeah maybe you could still use base traps, but you know in mine I have base traps in the corners just to absorb those lower waves that aren't uh, aren't around uh, um, you know to get r- absorbed anywhere. And hers had much less of that issue. It was great. It's a whisper room, and it's uh, it's kind of a neat design. Yeah, I love it. Nice. So, all right, gang. Well, I hope you guys have a great week, and uh, I guess that's a wrap. Yes. Yes, I believe so. And we're missing Jordan and Terry, but hopefully we'll get them back next time. That sounds good. All right, gang, look forward to talking to you soon. All right, Sean, thanks for hosting again. You're welcome. Thanks, Sean. You guys take care. See you guys. Bye. Goodbye. That's a wrap on another episode of the VoiceOver Cafe. This is Sean Caldwell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out other riveting episodes at voiceovercafe.org. Oh, yes, you can take this off, and then you can take this off. (laughs)